I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. Lindergaard making Morris backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris, expanding via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trot. Goal. Hello, how are you? Welcome to another episode of the Glover's Cars with me, Ian Perkins. Let's get straight into it on this one. I've spoken to Mem from Bees Pod, and after that is a conversation with me and Ben about the week that was and ahead of our game against Barnet, what we want to see from the Glovers. Enjoy. Joining me now on the Glover's cast is Mem from the Bees Pod. Mem, uh, just over, well, just under a year ago, we we uh, spoke about our run into the playoff, um, the playoff semis, where we were both hopeful of going through and you know reaching the promised land of the football league. Um, needless to say, our seasons haven't quite. Well, I know ours hasn't gone the way I thought it was going, but. Uh, Talk to me. What's what's happened to Barnet this year? Oh wow! This has been probably quite possibly the worst season of our existence as Barnet Football Club. Well, in in the modern in in the modern times, uh, definitely in my thirty odd years of being a Barnet fan, it's the, it's it's the worst season I've ever seen in my life. Um, I, it, it's almost like the, the the end the the point where things went to absolute crap actually happened. Leading up to the Oval game against the, the Oval playoff game, where the chairman decided that um, he was going to put people, he's going to give notice to the team and stuff, um, and, and a lot of the players decided um, they didn't want to extend their contract, 
So I don't know if you remember when we were talking in the playoffs uh, around the time that we, we, we had three of our defenders weren't going to play. Yeah, yeah. And, and he and, released a lot of people as well, hadn't he? Or he'd sort of shut up shop. Well, this was, this was post the game, the playoff games. But before the playoff games, players had already been told that they weren't going to be kept. So when it came down to it and they were told to ask, they were offered a deal to to to, uh, to fulfil the playoff fixtures where three defenders didn't play and one of our wingers didn't uh, uh, dropped out and said they didn't want to play because they had they had moves lined up. Yeah. So we ended up that when we played against you, we played with, with a makeshift defence. So that was the starting point, and the chairman did jump out of the blocks around the time you know before the furlough scheme was announced, and he decided that. Um, that he was going to give notice and he gave notice to Darren Curry and Junior Lewis, who were coaching the assistant coach. So we went into that game, Yeovil, and it was clearly a back to the wall performance with a, with a, um, a, uh, uh, a weakened side. And then we just basically got found out against North County who, were, who, you know, who, who basically just outplayed us completely. Um, but then post that game, the chairman then released pretty much everybody you could release in the club. So any club, any player that had an option, he didn't take it up. Uh, he offered deals to some, but it was, it, from what I heard, there were, the, the the money wasn't very good. Um, and then we were left with like seven first team, uh, seven players in the squad, uh, and had to. And then, and then there was this whole who there was whole sort of hoo ha as to what was going to happen with Darren Curry and Junior Lewis, and and it took ages to get that resolved. Um, to the point where we wasted about three weeks of a short pre-season without having a coach in place. And then they, them two finally left the club. And Peter Beadle was brought in, uh, who was completely underwhelming. And you, might, you might know more of Peter Beadle, actually, from the neck of the woods that you guys are in. But he took the Hereford side through, the Phoenix Hereford side through the divisions um, up until the, I think it was um, National League North. And then at that point they sacked him because I think he they were underperforming in the National League North with the with the budget they were on. Um, so he hadn't been in the game I think between his first maybe two seasons he hadn't been in the game. Blimey! And then so, randomly he gets the job at Barnet and then then puts together quite possibly the worst squad you've ever seen <laughs> um, of rejects from the National League. They all seem to be like come under the banner of National League, uh, not National League, sorry, um, Football League experience. Mm-hmm. But they were kind of the kind of players that are on their way down, and they're going, and they're, at some point they'll probably retire soon because they're 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 going down the leagues, and on and from the moment and it just looked like we would not won't be coached at all. So short preseason, players looked unfit, players looked unorganised, and we won a couple of games fluky, but we were getting battered. So we got battered. I mean, this season. I think we're at minus 44 goal difference. We have been thumped so many times a season um, yeah. by fives, fives and fours and threes. It has been brutal to watch. Yeah. Pu- we are worse than Dover and they're below us. Well, yeah, I suppose that's the, you know, they, they beat you, didn't they? Before they went into, before they decided to pack up as well, didn't they? They, they put three past you. And I think that's one of the things that, you know, it's. I think the first game of the season, it was against, was it against Eastley. Yeah, I mean, the Eastley took and taken us apart. I think a lot of us could forgive that because they were an established side with an established manager playing against a, a ragtag team who'd literally just been cobbled together within, yeah. you know, maybe a week before, two weeks before. 
So we kind of like, we're like, okay, you know what? We got taught a lesson because, you know, we weren't prepared. However, when we went into the next game and then the next game and then and it, and it started to become a bit of a pattern that when we conceded, we conceded in threes and fours. That was when it was like, oh my God, this lot are really crap. Yeah, so team's f- awful. Two of the three that you've won this season were like the first month of the season as well. So, it's, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it makes a painful, painful reading on flash scores when you see all those red, oh, red L's. It's, it's, it's the capitulations and. The, the, it's just like the lack of a, of a foundation. And I made this point on, on my podcast, Bees Pod, um, in that uh, usually what happens with some teams, when they get coached really well and they get coached to a structure, it's like if they're having a terrible game, they fall on the structure and they kind of just, you know, you know they're like, okay, we're just going to go back. We're going to go and we're going to just sit here and we're going to keep everything tight and we're going to try and not get um, completely pummeled. Um, and they'll know where the positions are and they'll be like, you know what? Okay, it's just damage limitation and we know what we need to do. Okay. But in this, this side was like, nobody seemed to know what to do. There was no leadership. Nobody seemed to know what the fullback plan was. Um, you know, it was all, it was almost like, it just, it was like putting a pub team out. Genuinely, like I've seen pub teams organised than, than, than a Barnet has been this season. Yeah, I think, um, I think I've seen some of your tweets where you've sort of, the, the defending and the the way that the defense got pulled apart in certain games and and that it's just been yeah I, I feel that you've I feel that you've had a rough time of it. <laughs> it's well, it's been pretty brutal. It's been a pretty brutal season, and I think yeah, I, I'm so glad we're not in the ground because I think it'd be more painful if I had to do you know a three hour round trip, which I normally do to get games. Uh, with watching that, I think I probably would have stopped going, but because I'm because I've got streaming. Because I'm streaming and watching all the games on streams, it's almost like I'll stick it on for an hour and a half, and and then and then just, you know, almost I suppose that in the way that people watch horror food movies, it's like watching <laughs> Barnet for an hour and a half is, is you know, I would, I'd say you know that's definitely a nightmare. Um, um, how do you think it? How do you think it would be in the ground? Do you think it would have reached that stage if fans were? Oh, it would be nasty. Yeah. Barnet fans, Barnet fans can turn. Okay, they get nasty, really nasty, and there would be a lot of. Um, I can I can imagine there'd be a lot of booing. Um, the 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 thing is, is is no, I wouldn't. I think that's. I think to be honest, I think I'm slightly misrepresenting the Barnet fans because we can be a supportive bunch, but the problem is, is the last sort of ten years has been so dreadful that and we've we've had the, the occasional highlight. Generally speaking, we've had some really terrible seasons, and I mean, lost count of how many managers we are we've had. We had over the last ten years, and this season alone, we've gone through. We've had three, two full-time managers, and a and a you know a standing manager, and we're going to go. We're going to be on to our fourth manager soon this week at some point. Who I anticipate will get another useless manager coming in. Um, who's you know I don't know what you know what. What criteria he, he would have passed to get through to become a Barnet manager? Um, possibly, possibly like the most insane person out of the group, you know, who definitely wants the, the job at Barnet. That would be, I'd look at it and I'd probably want them to get assessed first for their for their mental stability before they came <laughs> and become became the manager of Barnet because it is a proper madhouse at the moment. Do you think the the I mean the 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 lack of relegation? Um, 
do you think that the owner will give sort of support to a manager coming in to say, you know, next season's a bit of a reset now because we can't go down, um, license to clear the decks and go, or is that not really, is that not really likely? Well, the problem is, is, and I think this is what a lot of people have, have, have kind of speculated, is that we think that a lot of Barnet fans believe that the chairman gambled on this season. That he gambled that the season would be called off, so he kept the budget low, which is the reason, the main reason Darren Curry left, by, from what I understand, and this is coming um, secondhand, is what I understand is that Darren Curry was... The club had to make cuts already because we were going to lose our funding having been out of the league. I think it was our second year out of the league. So we were going to lose our funding and we would lose our academy funding too. So our academies had to be folded, which is really poor, really bad for Barnett because we've got, we had a very fruitful academy. When you look at people like Jamal Lowe and Jack Taylor who plays for Peterborough, these guys came for our academy. Um, so we've had some quality and we've got, there's a new one, I think it's, um, I've forgotten his name. I think it's Jack Thompson, Tompkins, and he was on. I think he was on the bench against you guys, and he actually came on right at the end against you guys. And he's now at Peterborough, and he apparently he's, he's pulling up lots of trees, and he's only eighteen. Yeah. So we've had really fruitful academy, and lot. So we knew that the funding was in dropped, but it appeared, from what I understand, is the budget that was that was put in front of the manager, Darren Curry, um, wasn't. He, I think he felt that it wasn't a competitive budget. Or wasn't a budget that would, you know, um, that was not going to help him in his quest to be a top manager. So he would, he had to, he would, he obviously clearly wants to go up the grade, and if he's going, he doesn't want to be sort of set up to fail. Yeah. So I think the chairman took a risk with the budget he set, and then I think, and also the appointment he set. I think, I think he thought we'd just get through this season in the mid table, and then next season we'll invest um, once once people are back in the grounds. But it's not turned out. It's still, still, and he, he's got lucky in the end. He's got lucky in the end because because obviously there's no relegation. But what's happened is is that all the goodwill, there's so much goodwill has gone after Darren Curry because the, the supporters are really on, really like starting to, you know, get behind the club again. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think if you you know you made it into the playoffs uh, and you know you say you got found out. Um, I mean, I think I think it's fair to say we probably should have beaten you in that in that semi final and quite how we didn't score some of those chances is totally beyond me um although you know the season we've had sort of as is extended from that playoff final uh, playoff semi really because our, our season has very much gone that way in that we don't take our chances and then we concede and and uh lose the games but talk to me about the managerial changes so a uh, beadle came in um how long did he last was it until Christmas time or before? I think Christmas? he had six. I think he had some like sixteen games. Okay. Um, and then then what happened was so I am from what I'm led to believe Tim Flowers and Beadle interviewed for the job. I believe, okay, and this is just this is just kind of again this is coming from a bit from a few sources that Tim Flowers made it clear that or what his expectations was in terms of support, in terms of what the back you know what he, you know backroom staff he expected. And then and I think the chairman went for the cheap option, which was, um, you know, a manager who'd been out of the game who was desperate to get back in the game. Probably, I'm I'm just speculating, but probably took lower salary, probably uh, was prepared to come in with just one assistant, and and that was it. Um, so we kept, you know, we kept things really tight, and probably told the manager, the chairman, that he, you know, that everything he wanted to hear. So bearing in mind, Peter Beadle 
has done as most of his football his management career was based over in the West Country. Um, you can get players for a lot cheaper over that side because the standard living is a lot cheaper. But as soon as you come into London, the ex- the expectation for salary is going to be is higher because because rents higher in London. Yeah. So. So he's, I think he looked at the budget and thought, wow, wow, that's massive. And then, probably, and then didn't realise the reality of being a, a manager in London. So I think Tim Flowers, uh, so what happened then was once Peter Beadle was sacked, I think uh, the chairman offered the, offered the job, I, I believe it was offered the job to Dean Brennan, who was the Wealdstone manager. And he, he, he got to come to an agreement with Wealdstone to speak to Dean Brennan. Dean Brennan actually decided, got cold feet, decided he didn't want to leave. Um, he was going to stick with Wildstone. Ironically, he's left Wildstone now, and he's one of the favourites for the job again now. But anyway, Tim Flowers was brought in when Dean was Dean turned down the job, um, and he brought in. We had a track fitness guy. We got assistant, got goalkeeping coach. So he brought a team with him, and then and then proceeded to play probably the most horrible football I've ever seen in my life. Um, <laughs> Honestly, it was horrible. You like we looked more organised at the back, but it was literally kick and rush. It was. Uh, I struggle with that because having done my badges, I struggle that I struggle with the uh, you know how anybody could go through all their badges and especially with his football experience and then want to play in such a crude way. Um, and it was literally everything was lumped up to attack us to just basically just chase after. Um, and. You could see he was quite bolshy to start with when he came in. He was really kind of really confident, bolshy. And actually, a lot of supporters were like, you know what? This is what our players need. They need somebody to, who's going to fire them up. He's going to be, he's going to encourage them. He's going to be quite confident and not come in as a shrinking violet. We thought that would be the way, but he he basically started to, he started great on the players. From my understanding, he was being quite negative to the players, telling them they're rubbish. And, um, and you could see he was getting running out of ideas. He just didn't know what to do. Um, and I, the games just got progressively worse, and there were just the, the there was no patterns to the play. It honestly, it was the worst football I've ever seen. Um, and I've watched on still teams as well, so it was terrible. Um, and eventually, I think he just ran out. I've, I've, I think he, I think he might have come to an agreement with the chairman said, "Let me out my contract. I can't do anything with this team." Yeah, yeah, because he, he, you know, he didn't. Didn't last very long, did he? I think twelve matches, but he won. He won. He won one match, and then lost the rest. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a shocking. It's a shocking record. And he came in, and you know, everybody was quite confident that they knew the football was football wasn't going to be great, but they were quite confident that he might be able to at least get some results on the board. But he couldn't even get draws. Yeah, he did all right at Solihull, didn't he? You know, he he didn't do amazing, but I think he probably got them to a position that you know that, that they they were punching well, it, above what they were capable of well this was one of the things that wound up a lot of supporters because he he could not stop referring back to his time at Solihull yeah all his interviews were references references to Solihull about how much better they were than Barnet and the players he had were much better than Barnet and yeah. it just got a bit grating and then he started he had some random he had random little sayings like talking about nuts and bolts defending and everything was minging and, um, you know, what was the other thing he used to say? Um, I can't remember off the top of my head, but we, on Beast Pod, we actually started doing a Tim Flowers bingo um, <laughs> for his interviews. So uh, just, just to amuse ourselves. Um, so, yeah, so it was, uh, yeah, it just got to the point where everybody was like, 
right, you you can talk the talk, but you haven't walked the walk so far. And we know these players are crap, but the, you know, surely they can do a bit better than this. Um, so anyway, so we end up, end up end up with our third appointment in the season, which was Paul Fairclough, who's our ex-manager, Barnet Legends, took us up to the league about in ninety, I think it was ninety, two thousand and five, I think it was now. Um, he came in just to sort of basically just to, to, to caretake and um, just got in the players' heads and he was just like really encouraging and we went up to Bromley and we played football and yeah. we looked, players who looked awful before suddenly had a spring in their step and we played really well and we drew 2-2 at Bromley and could have won it and we actually, I mean all supporters were like, this is, wow. It, look what he's done in like in literally had two training sessions with the team. If he can do this in two that games, what, can, what else can we do with these players? And then the next game we might we got we lost and we were we were actually quite unlucky to lose to Stockport. Um and we played really well against Stockport again. Um and then it all came crashing down in the last game where we got just just totally outclassed. Yeah. Um and but I think I mean by this point I think the chairman realised he's got to get a permanent solution in. Um, but I mean, everybody was like, well, okay, Paul Fairclough's come in and he's shown that you can play, this team can play a little bit of football. They're clearly not good enough, but they're not as bad as we thought. They're not as bad as, as they looked under Tim Flowers. Are you surprised he's not, um, he being the chairman, has not taken the whole Dover route and, you know, furloughed everyone and, and called the season quits? No, because the reason why, reason well, the reason why is because he's on the chair, he's on the board of the uh, national league. Okay, it looked it looked terrible for him if if he if he did that. But what he has done is he's very quietly, and he's not there's been no announcements come out of the club, but he's very quietly furloughed all the fringe players. So um, so what happened was the season we've gradually built up as so every this is okay. This is the typical Barnet cycle. We clear out the squad in one summer. Okay, and, we, and we literally have a threadbare squad. New manager comes in, builds a squad from scratch, or pretty much from scratch. New manager gets sacked, probably just before Christmas. New manager comes in. He wants his players, brings in six or seven players of his own. Okay, He maybe gets to the end of the season. Okay, Maybe gets sacked, or maybe something happens, whatever. New manager comes in, brings in. And by this point, we end up with squads approaching 30 players at, you know, at some point, who are on two-year contracts or whatever. Yeah. So, so what's happened? Um, so, this season we started off with a squad of players. Then, literally, um, Flowers was allowed to bring in seven players. Okay, and to add to the already the squad of 15, 16, 17 that we had already, I think maybe, you know, um, so he's brought in a lot. Um, over time, I think we got a squad approaching thirty players now. Jeez. So my math, I don't know how many squat the squad was before when Beadle had it, but it actually might have been about close to about 20 odd, obviously because we needed a squad, proper squad. And then then thingies, Flowers has added to it. So what's happened is our chairman has been, uh, or the club, has been quietly furloughing our players. So we've our captain is now furloughed and our goalkeeper is now furloughed. So, so you will be, Scott when you play this, that, yeah, Scott Loach and James Dunn are both furloughed. Wow. Yeah, well, school's got, school's got, I mean, James, uh, Scott Loach was out with an injury anyway, so I think he's on furlough because he's got an injury. Um, so, so it makes sense that, you know, the club saves up, saves some money and they probably top it up his wages, but the captain has been furloughed to the end of the season. That's, that's quite a bit, 
It's quite a big thing to furlough your captain. Um, yeah, we've, we've furloughed about nine players, I think. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, yeah. So it's been, yeah. So w- this season, I think he's basically just wants to fill the fixtures. So I, I hold no hope. If if you guys can just literally, if you guys can sh- shoot at the goal on Saturday, <laughs> I, you, there's no way you should be losing to our team on Saturday. Well, Scott Loach always does quite well against us, so that that might relieve some of our fans that he's um, not going to be around. Um, well, he's, he's not. In all fairness, behind this back, behind this defence this season, I mean, like I said, I think it's like minus forty four goal difference. Yeah, yeah. So so it's like <laughs> poor guy. It's been like the animo this season. Yeah, I think um, I've seen a couple of his interviews, probably towards the start of the season, where he was, um, some of the stuff he was saying sort of sort of rang true with what was going on with us at the start of the season. But uh, yeah, totally, it's totally like the Alamo. <laughs> so he's um, so he's yeah, so he's been. So we've got a number two goalkeeper. Our number two goalkeeper is quite highly rated, actually. Um, I mean, Scott himself has said that he thinks that our number two goalkeeper's got a big future in football. So um, we've got this. We've got a Belgian goalkeeper who's our number two. He's at twenty, I think. And um, Azi, Azaz, Azazi, I don't know how you pronounce it, but um, he he does look the part. He looks he looks a presence, and he looks um, and he and, and Scott really rates him very highly. He says that he would definitely could definitely be a future Barnet goalkeeper. So um, so you won't be going. You you know you're not going to get a rubbish goalkeeper in front of you on a on Saturday. It's just the rest of the team. <laughs> Uh, well, we're you know we're we're a bit threadbare at the moment. Uh, Murphy's out injured. Uh, we've we've had a make we had a left back at right back on Tuesday. We've had a mishmash of sort of centre back combinations. Um, we did have a decent pairing, but uh, annoyingly the international breaks come and one of them's been called up for Wales under twenty one, so he's out at the moment. Um, yeah, it, it's. It's hard for us on our side. We we're sort of, you know, we're not mathematically out of reach of the playoffs, but I think you know, in our heads, we can we can't we don't seem to be beating the teams above us. So how are we going to reach it? I don't know. I think from our our perspective, the seasons, the season is over for us. Really, regrettably, I think, you know, we have me and me and the guys on our pod haven't. We'll, we'll talk about it later, but we haven't. We haven't broken it down but yeah it, it the the loss on tuesday felt like the end of the season for us really well it, from what i remember of darren cell darren cell is your team was you were quite a direct team and i've come to I've, I, and I, is that still the case now um well, we, we, we he likes us to play and you know when we when we get the ball down and move it around you know you know the keeper will always play out short always uh, yeah. And we do play that way, but then a, a couple of passes will go astray, something will, won't quite fit, and then all of a sudden we're lumping it forward and it, it becomes a bit hit and hope when the confidence is low. Um, but he does, you know, to to give him credit, he does try to get us playing football, but it feels like the personnel at the moment aren't quite... They don't fit the system really. Last year we were the system that we played the diamond and it really worked. Um, we we played some really nice stuff. But if you play a, a if you play wing backs against us this season, we we don't get a result basically. Um, we we well, just, uh, are you still playing the diamond? Yeah, yeah. He just he he, he tried wing backs at 
the start of the season to try and turn some results around and it never really worked. We never, you know, we never really had, we didn't have enough centre-backs for a start to play three centre-backs because uh, we had injuries and suspensions and things like that. Um, so he's always sort of p- persevered and, and recruited, they recruited well in December and January and we went on a decent run, but it's all sort of, you know, one win in six. We're a bit off the boil now and yeah we, we're not going to change system we just don't have the personnel to change it so um if it's it difficult because that's part of this i mean that's part of the construction of the squad i think that's one of the big one of my big bugbears about the construction of the squad this season is that we've got fullbacks uh who are fullbacks and i know that might sound mad to to listeners but um if you're constructing a squad which is not going to be a big squad i kind of feel like you need uh you need fullbacks that can also play as wingbacks. So that gives you the option of um, option of switching it up if you need to and go, you know, and you can play, you know, play five, you know, three at the back system. Um, and that's what we did in, with Darren Curry. We had fullbacks that could also play as wingbacks. Yeah. Um, and, and they did play a lot of the season as wingbacks. Um, and that proved to be very successful. But in this team, I mean, we've got a left back who is a big unit. <laughs> and he's not going to get up and down that left side. Yeah. Um, and then we've got a right back currently. Our current right back is 34. So it's like he's not going to be doing that either. So, um, and we did try to play with wing backs, but we were essentially playing with the back five because the two the two guys playing in them positions just didn't have the, the didn't have the legs or didn't have the the game to play to play that wing back system. Um, and and also we were trying to play wing back as well. The other thing we did as well, and this is another thing, is if you play with wing backs. Um, a lot of teams play wing backs. Usually, have one of the centre backs is usually a convert, like a uh, kind of a hybrid left back or right back. Yeah, who can play as a centre back? To so when the when you split out, you've got when you split. You know, we split out and you've got the ball and the full backs, the wing backs go up. That the guys in the side positions can use the ball. A good you know can use the ball. Whereas we were trying to play with three centre backs who as clumsy as each other. <laughs> Not so, ball players. Exactly, you can't play three at the but you can't play three at the back. With two with two fullbacks in the wing back position who don't who don't play wing back, and three set three lump you know three lumps playing at centre back, just don't work. The whole reason that that system works is if you've got a fluid system where the fullbacks can play centre back, and then you know centre back also can go out to the left side if they need to, and and you know and defend one on one. So yeah, our, just the whole construction of our squad was wrong. So it just sounds to me as well that your construction of your squad means that you're kind of slightly limited in what you can do. Yeah, def- definitely, definitely. And I, I, you know, I think the manager sort of said as such last week after the game, you know, that we were gonna we're low on numbers, um, in certain positions as well. You know, centre backs, centre backs been a big problem. You know, our two first choice centre backs from last year have been out for the majority of the season. Um, Wilkinson got Wilkinson's had a couple of bad injuries, and then Lee Collins has. He got injured, then suspended, and it's yeah. It's, I think the thing that we had last year, we had these experienced players who were you know g- good in the football league and came down and really were a solid core. And then this season, those experienced players have really looked like old players rather than experienced. Do you know what I mean? They've they've lost a yard of pace. Uh, there's you know the lockdown weight that we've all gained. Um, yeah, it's been a it's 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 been a hard watch this season, and I think we've we don't draw games; we either win or lose. And unfortunately, we've lost a lot more than we've won. 
yeah no I, no I can un- I can understand that so uh yeah and no, I can totally understand that it's uh we've had our in, in the past we've had our fair share of injury problems I can I can get I do I do get that so um you know especially in them key positions I mean we've got about a million centre backs so you can have one if you want um <laughs> you know I'm not sure if there would be any good though mate <laughs> well yeah we've I think on Tuesday uh Albie Skendi who's been playing he, he's like a number 10 he's he's in a very unorthodox number 10 but he's been playing um at the, you know the, the tip of the diamond uh he was centre back on Tuesday which he, he is versatile he does tend to play anywhere through the spine but he's he's better at, closer to the middle of the pitch rather than the back of the pitch so um I think he'll probably be there this week so who knows you may get something um but it sounds <laughs> you know we'd have to play pretty badly for you to get something by the sounds of things. Yeah, I think, I think you guys just got to turn up and you'll win this game. <laughs> I know this sounds really bad and really fatal, really terrible from Barnet fan, but honestly, um, if you'd seen if you'd seen what we've been serving up this season, I think you'd realise that that was, that was pr- pretty true. So, um, yeah, I don't hold any hope for this weekend. Are you going to watch? Yeah, in a kind of, in a kind of masochistic way. <laughs> Well, enjoy it, um, or don't. I don't know. <laughs> see how see how we go. Let us know what you yeah. think of the stream and all that. You know, it's been quite interesting watching all the other clubs and how the other clubs have done it. Um, ours has only yeah. really sort of become watchable in since this side of Christmas. We 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 had the whole ball tracking thing that was a total shambles. Um, so we've we've actually got humans on cameras now, which is quite nice. Okay, well it's not as good as it. It, it can't be as bad as I think it was the daggers one was terrible. Where the what's called the uh, what's called the camera the camera was AI, wasn't it? Uh, have you have you? I don't know if they still got it, but um, I mean, just to be honest, our first couple of attempts at the, at the streaming was poor, but then since then we've got it bang on, and actually our streaming service has been has been really good. Um, I don't know. Have we played you this season already? Yeah, we we played earlier this month. We beat you four one, didn't we? Yeah, so I think by that point you probably would have seen it. I mean, it's quite a good service. There's a halftime show. And yeah, there's yeah. a show prior to the game. Yeah, I mean, it was called the media team at Barnet have done a really good job of um of the um of the show. Um, it's just that uh, you know it's just been the football that's been <laughs> served up. <laughs> uh, well, well. Enjoy the game. Um, thanks very much for your time again. Um, really good to chat. Um, no, no worries, mate. Anytime, anytime. This time, same again next season. Yeah, definitely. Hopefully, we'll be higher up the table though, and it'll be you know a playoff, a playoff clash again. That might be nice. I hope so. I won't hold my breath at the moment, <laughs> but let's see. <laughs> As always, joining me on the Glovers Cast is Mr. Ben Barrett. Good afternoon, Ben. Listener, we're recording this on an afternoon, believe it or not. It's usually morning, sometimes evening, but schedules have moved around and it's still daylight. Here we it are, is, Ben. It is still daylight, just. Yeah. We've, we've held on, but it is, <laughs> yes, it is daylight. It is afternoon. The coffee hasn't run out yet. I'm still allowed to drink coffee for another 24 minutes before I try and wean myself off to get some do sleep you, later on. Do you not move on to tea in the afternoon? And I very rarely do. I oh, very no. rarely do. I normally just a couple of coffees, 
But I normally set myself a five o'clock limit of you've got to just see it out now. Blimey. You've got to just you've, you've got to just power through for the last. Yeah, I mean five o'clock is hours. five o'clock is cider time, really. <laughs> yes, you're probably <laughs> right. We're still not we're still not sponsored though, Thatchers. So come yeah. along and have a word. Yeah, maybe we need to maybe we should scale it down and go from one of the more local suppliers. If anyone, I, if anyone... I'm a big fan of Perry's, by the way, just yeah. outside Ilminster. Yeah, yeah. If anyone met... knows Harry's cider as well, we've got. Yeah, oh, well, I just... spent many a summer's day walking out to Perry's with a jerry can and filling it up. <laughs> well, those were the days. Those yes. were the days. How 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 are you, Ian? How are you? I'm all right. Yeah. Happy. Happy. Yeah. Yeah. We well. Another nomination. At what point? Well, another, at what point do we start? You know, we can bang the drum for saying a you know, multiple award nominated podcast. You know what I mean? That's not far off, mate. Is it? No, it would be nice to win one, but you know. Well, I, I tell you what, you're right. It would be nice to win one. So why don't we ask the good people of the Glover's Cast listeners to help us win one? Well, yeah, maybe. Should I we mean, do that's, that? That's, you know, we give them this. Perhaps they can give us something in return. I reckon that's a great idea. The wonderful, lovely, quite frankly, delightful people <laughs> at the Non-League Bible, a social media-specific channel for all things non-league, have nominated. There's been loads of Yogel nominations. It has, hasn't it? Yeah. Loads of them have nominated the Glover's cast as best non-league podcast. Some rubbish called the Magpie Circle, the non-league podcast, which I can only assume to be utter dross, <laughs> non-league lounge, which I've heard nothing but terrible reviews of, non-league football show, which I think, I think is actually just half an hour of silence every week, and the J&R podcast, which doesn't even make sense, or us. Mm. So there's really, there's really only one... There's really only one choice there. I think there? so. I think I yeah. I mean, the non-league football show is very good. We so... should also we should also mention <laughs> that Yeovil Town are nominated for non-league club of the year alongside Notts County, Wrexham, Leamington, and I mean all, all they have is a spa, Altrincham, <laughs> and Wealdston. I mean, there's only one there's only one winner there. Yeah. I um, think so we want to give a shout out to our fellow social teams over at We Love You YTFC. Elliot's got himself a nomination, best non-league content creator, ticking that box for me as well, and and he's up against a Weymouth dude, so sort that out by the way, no, people. No contest there. No contest, and Sam Sam Collard, who we are trying to ask favours of, <laughs> also dis- also gets a nomination for best non-league club admin, yeah. which is cool. And so someone else as well. You're, you're, well. oh, you're just leaving him out because you don't like him. Oh, oh <laughs> of course. Ben, best non-league player award has gone to Albie Skendi, hasn't it? Well, nomination. He nominated <laughs> Albie Skendi. You've got to vote for him, no? You do. He's got to, yeah. You've got to vote for him. I bet you have He's better than anyone else on the list. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. There you go. Very we will good. post the links. Uh, they're already doing the rounds on social media. But Ian's going to pull his finger out and put the links on the actual Glover's cast socials. Yeah, I'll do my own post. I've retweeted, but these, you know. Yeah, so we'll do that. So if you are listening and you want to vote, there are some links. I think you can do it via socials. Yeah, There's the, a website. It's the, completely free. There's no sign-ups. There's nothing like that. The Twitter Give account. A shout out. The Twitter account you need to go to is at NLBible4. Brilliant. Um, there you go. So obviously there's three other non-league Bibles before this one. Um need to find out why we've not been nominated on those really i guess but yeah well, I, go and do it for us we, i guess we... it's like uh i guess it's like the drink seven up the first six just didn't make the cut and then the seventh one was on point very good 
There you go. So yes, if if straight you helped the, us straight out of the Coatsy school of jokes, those. Yeah, exactly. Yes, you'll notice he's been banished for his terrible banter. Um, yes, so thank you to uh, Non League Bible, and thank you to those who put in a good word for us, and thank you to those who have already voted and will continue to go on and do us some voting. So lots of thanks. Yes, many, what, many. Thanks. What a lovely way to start. Yeah, really good. Let. Should Let's we... get down to the stuff that's going to cheese everybody off. Should we move on to the sackings? Yes, sackings. <laughs> Double sackings. Well, I guess we need to. We should probably start. Where should we start? Notts County or Bromley? I feel like uh, Notts County. County. Notts um... County, because it was clearly planned. Yes. Because um, they, they've they announced their new manager in about four seconds after sacking Neil Ardley and his assistant. Yeah, yeah. Always lined so... up. I mean, it's not. It's not. You know, we sort of. We didn't anticipate it, but based on our conversation with Dane last week, you know the the fans at Notts County weren't overly happy with how things were going there, despite their you know despite their position, the performances weren't there, and they've obviously made a move, ready to press on. Yeah, clearly, I don't, clearly, you know, and it, it's certainly going to be interesting to watch because by the sounds of things, this chap is rather you know is going to be a bit of a radical shift from a proven you know football league manager um, he's still a proven manager he is yeah but you not know, obviously on these shores he's been bit, uh, been in Den- denmark yeah, norway denmark norway yeah we're a bit you know there's a bit of xenophobia about it's weird isn't it you know we used to go through this phase of foreign managers coming in and now it's like english managers working abroad mm. <laughs> <laughs> it gets but a bit like that yeah but he's he's gone away he's, he's had success Fair yeah. play to him. Fair play to him indeed. It, it can't be easy in a different culture, in a different world, as it as it probably isn't easy for anyone coming to here and I mean, doing that. So, yeah, fair play to him. I mean, tell, Lots Bright- of roll the dice. tell Brighton fans that, you know, Graham Potter and Swansea fans about Graham Potter. He came in from the same club that this chap's come in from, hasn't he? Ostersons. Oh, yeah, of course. So, yeah, I hadn't made that connection, yeah. So, it, it you know, he, and now he's, yeah, I like watching Brighton. They play some nice football. Yeah. Um, who knows what's going to happen but it's certainly interesting and uh, our mate Courtney's got a new ma- well, going to have a new manager to come in at Bromley as well so all, all change it, teams it, above was, us as well it's weird isn't it yeah that was very strange that one then I mean I, I don't understand 6th and 7th both of them looking for relatively comfortable run-ins towards the playoffs and they've pulled the trigger at the end of end of March yeah, I, I I don't understand. I genuinely don't understand. I mean, um, we, we we've been able to get a bit more of the context around Notts County, whereas I don't suppose we know. You yeah, know, we don't know overly what's going on at Bromley, but they've recently beaten us. There, did they beat us? They did beat us, didn't they? And they're, you know, they're up there. They're just a bit very odd from the outside, but they probably know more than we do. Yeah, I. I'm just reading the statement now. All the usual stuff, a difficult decision to make and one that has not been taken lightly, having continued to review the first team performances and developments, I now believe a change in leadership is required. You're seventh? (laughs) (laughs) He's given academy scholars first team opportunities. Shame on him. His work within the community has been bringing supporters closer together. How very dare him. And uh, we will never forget our appearance at Wembley Stadium. Shame. Shame. 
<laughs> Should we add him? I'm joking. I, I, um, I don't <laughs> understand. I don't understand that one. Um, I, my only thought is that someone somewhere has someone lined up. Yeah. And it's and it's a it's a it's a gamble they're willing have, to take, or they, they gamble they feel like they can't they have, can't not take. Have they put the line we're not taking applications in the same way that Notts County did, or or not? No, they no. the club say they search for a new manager is beginning immediately. Oh right. But yeah. Mm. I don't I don't understand that one. I I don't understand. Fair no, enough. no. Well, let's talk about Tuesday. Um, okay. I think, well, you know, I think it's fair to say we were both feeling rather down after the game. Um, and yeah, even into Wednesday as well. So we've had two yeah. nights, two nights on this one. Uh, we played so well, didn't we, at the start? We we really we learned from Saturday. We we knew that if we put a bit of pressure on them, we changed the system. And everything that we did wrong on Saturday, we sort of put right in those first 70 minutes. I think we had width. Uh, we had Neufeld and Noles on the pitch, close up to Reed rather than further back in a sort of diamondy shape. It was all very, it was a, a bit of a change. We sort of didn't see that coming at all, did we? I, I, I don't know about you, but I saw the team news and there was a sharp intake of breath as I tried to figure out what the heck that lineup looked like. Yeah. I was trying to think out who is where, who's right back, who's centre back. As he pushed Dickinson in the middle, and even as we were kicking off, I wasn't looking at the ball. I was looking at the back four to go. Albie, right, that's Albie in there. That's Albie. That's Albie on that side. Kelly's gone over to that side, and you have to think, wow, what a hodgepodge of the defence. I hadn't clicked that Sass Davis wasn't going to be with us. It was only when I saw the the shot of the under-21s, of uh, Welsh under-21s on, on the socials doing the rounds. And I went, oh, no, they've already met. <laughs> Thinking that they might squeeze Tuesday night in and then join up on Wednesday. And I, oh, no, they've already gone. Yeah. And then it all kind of clicked that Sass Davis wasn't going to be around. I assume he's not going to be around either for Saturday because their game against uh, Ireland, he thinks no possibly, idea, mate. No idea. Is, is on Friday night. Mm. So I would assume he's out again for... For, yeah, yeah, I th- for, for Saturday. Yeah. So again, what an absolute throw together defence. <laughs> yeah, we've had a lot of them this season. We have had a lot of them this I mean, season, but that that might have been the most thrown together yet. You, Kelly's. You called Kelly's, for Michael Kelly at right back at the weekend, and uh, well, yeah, you you got your wish. Clearly, clearly they're listening. Um, <laughs> it just seemed like a better square peg in a round hole didn't it and it just and as we saw it just freed Neufel up how good were Neufel and Knowles yeah in that first half yeah fantastic to to and it was exactly as we said with Dane actually the yellow card stifled Knowles in the first fixture against Notts County and the right back position stifled Neufel and actually they provided us with our best attacking opportunities during that first 45 minutes it was the press and, and Dane was absolutely spot on they did not like the press did they it didn't like being pressured and hurried and, and pushed and pushed and pushed. And that's how errors came and that's how chances fell. And and in the end, we could have gone in halftime more than 2-0 up. But 2-0. Um, and we were we were not, not comfortable. Comfortable is not the right word. Because when you are down to absolute bare bones as we were, you're never quite comfortable, are you? But... I never, I never feel comfortable. It feels, no. it feels like... You know, this predates Darren Sarr, really, but it feels like we've have a we have it ingrained within us to lose I mean, leads. Like I don't, it, I don't know why, no matter what the personnel, no matter who's running the show, it always feels like if we go in with a lead, 
that that lead is going to go. And you know, it, is it I think four the, years to the day since the three all against Exeter? <laughs> I don't know. I don't. Know. I'm sure that's about now-ish. The manager, the manager. After I mean, after the game, the manager said, you know, we he thought we were going to come out with confidence in that second half, as we should have done at two 0 But we really, oh, that second half was difficult, wasn't it? It was just wave after wave, especially towards the end. Yeah, especially towards the end. I, I, I have no idea if this is a long-term cultural thing with Yeovil Town. Um, but like you say, it predates Darren Style. It predates 99% of the players, I think. Um, but there is always that feeling, especially when that first goal is a bit of a worldie. You kind of have that feeling of, I've seen this script. I've read this one before. I know exactly how this ends. And it does. <laughs> it's so It's so disheartening. And I've no idea whether the players feel that. I've no idea whether they kind of see a world is going and go, well, this is going to be a long 12 minutes. And naturally they get a bit negative and naturally they sit off and suddenly players who are playing out of position get nervous and, and make mistakes and, and don't think straight and don't think properly about how they can manage the situation a little bit better. Yeah. At a time like that, it would have been crying out for a Wilkinson to come off the bench. Even if you just had to start with, even if you started with the two young centre-backs and had Wilkinson at your hands or, or Collins, it would have been absolutely crying out for one of those lads to come on off the bench yesterday if we had someone available. And it, 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 wasn't, it wasn't to be. It wasn't to be. Um, I mean, in the end of the day, it could have, you know, we, we could have lost that. You know, that, that, there was that opportunity at the end, yeah. which I don't know how. Was it Wooten? I think so, yes. Oh, it was the know. nine, wasn't it? Yeah, I can't remember. I don't know how he didn't put that one away. Um, Flip that on his head, though. It it could and should have been 3 0 at half time. Ruben Reed missed the sitter on five minutes or six minutes or whatever it was. And you think sitter, if you go into half time. Harsh. Sitter's harsh, I think. It wasn't a sitter. I mean, it was a great chance. And you oh, know, had, had, you, had someone else been through on goal, you would expect more. But I don't think. I mean, sitters are in the six yard box, mate. For for Ruben Reed, that's a sitter. Should be a sitter. Well, that's as close to a sitter without being a sitter as you could possibly call a sitter. I'll give you that then. <laughs> it's a solid six out of seven sitter. I think with his experience in the game, he you know he he probably knows he should have done more. Um, not that he would have said that <laughs> after in his post match. I'm going to say he said everything else, didn't he? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you, it's interesting, that, isn't it? Shall we? It's, Shall it's, we? He, you Let's. know, the honesty, you know, we're great. He's very honest about things. He's thrown his teammates under the bus a little bit. Hasn't well, he just, <laughs> by the way? Hasn't he just? Um, right. If, if I, would, can, if, I? <laughs> can I? Can I stop I? you? Can I? I don't think can I? I can, yeah, yeah. Can I? Can I'm, I go in? Can I'm I gonna, go in? Yeah, two-footed. Can I go in two-footed? Can I? <laughs> can I? Did he say something along the lines of, every time they went forward, I was holding my breath, or every time they went forward, we went, I was nervous? Uh, is that what he said? Yeah, he sort of yeah, he sort of indicated that he had his head in his hands a little bit every time they were they were going back, didn't he? I bet his I bet his twenty year old centre back, who's been battling his backside off for this football club since he's joined, and done just about everything right with the exception of one howler against Torquay. I bet he loves him for that. Yeah. Cheers, Ruben, and all your experience and how I'm trying to learn off someone like you. Cheers, mate, for that confidence boost. I bet the goalkeeper's loving that. And everything that that keeper's done and all the shots that he stopped and all the, all the rest of it when we were going through a tough patch. I bet he's loving that. 
I bet Dicko is loving that. Yeah, Dicko's really cheesed off. That's not going to be. It's not going to set Dicko off at all. That line. That line was annoying to me. And if he's going to come out with comments like that, because he's done it twice now, hasn't he? Yes. And they've and they were in the different yeah. context of both. The first one, I understood. It was a bit of a rally cry. It was just after he joined. It was just during that rough sort of spell where we didn't quite get going yet. And he kind of. It was a rally, wasn't it? It was a rally cry. It was, uh, I'm seeing this brilliant stuff in training. I know we're brilliant. I know we're good. We just need to bring it out into the... And I kind of understood it. And I kind of don't mind that bit of passion. I kind of don't mind having a bit of frustration and setting your standards that high. But to do it again, to do it again after you yourself have missed opportunities and you yourself haven't... He hasn't had the best game in the world on, on Tuesday night as Ruben Reed. Possibly not entirely down to his own fruition. Support was difficult. It was obviously a very different lineup behind him. But he hasn't. He's not had a perfect game. No. Well, I didn't think it called for that. I didn't think it called for that line. I didn't think it called for the for himself, for him to call the team nearly football. I think we all understand what he's trying to say. But there are ways and means. And it's it comes across as passion and well-spoken and all the rest of it and frustration but yeah I wasn't a fan of that to be perfectly honest with you I thought I don't mind it from a from a manager I don't I wouldn't mind it if Darren Stahl came out and said something like that because he's in a position of authority over them and to speak to all of them but to single yourself out away from the the group if he just said something like I'm as guilty as anybody else here. I missed that early opportunity and I can understand how everyone's feeling. Here's what we as a group have come together and said in the changing room. Then, okay, maybe. But it did feel a little bit throw under the bussy. And I, I, I wasn't a fan of that at all. Was not a fan of that at all, to be honest. No, I, I didn't like that. I think he needs a little bit of rule too. Because <laughs> I think if he was re-interviewed about it the next day, I think he might have calmed down a bit and I think he might have just understood the context of the game and understood because if that game was flipped around on its head and we'd come back from 2-0 down and he had had absolutely nothing to, no part to play in it at all, would he have been saying it was nearly, nearly good enough for the first 70 minutes we weren't very good? Mm. No, he wouldn't. No. He, he would have reined it in and gone down the line of good character, good, good, good comeback and stuff. Yeah. He, I mean, so, he nearly scored. He, yeah, he, he didn't nearly score. scored in that. In that yeah, goal, you're right. He well, he was spot on in nearly football, wasn't he? Because he was nearly scoring. So that so for me, I think I think Ruben Reed misjudged that one, and it's very easy to see that as oh, that's good honesty. Oh, that's good um, passion, and I do want to see honesty and passion, but I don't want to see his defenders thrown under the bus, especially such a thrown together hodgepodge defence that had had three days of turnaround since getting spanked by Notts County previously. Yeah. I just think there, were, there was more context to add to that. And I don't think that's going to have helped, to be honest with you. And I, I wonder if the next couple of times in training, Max Hunt or Carl Dickinson has to mark him, whether or not they go through him a couple of times and sort of <laughs> <laughs> let him know that they're there, I think the phrase is. Um, the, um, the other thing I was going to... He's only on till you know, six months, isn't he? Was he only on for a six-month deal to the end of the is season? There not, is there not an option? Oh, I don't know. I, I thought it was the case of till the end of the season with an option. I don't know whether it's his option, our option. I, don't, yeah. I have no idea who gets to make the decision, but I thought I saw the word option. 
over the next couple of over the next couple of podcasts, we will. I'll, I'll have to find some time in my hectic schedule of doing very little to to sit down and figure out when all these contracts ran out because I think it is worth us discussing longer term stuff going into yeah. these final this final stint. But um, yeah, I I wasn't a fan of the Ruben Reed chat, and I think everyone just I think maybe sometimes that's what happens when you chuck a microphone under someone's nose. Straight perfectly good question. <laughs> perfectly good question to ask. Yeah. Perfectly good. Perfectly good conversation to have. But the player needs to be a little bit smarter, I think, there, and just kind of play that one with a straight bat. Say that we're all frustrated, and just try and make a unit out of it. And I don't think he made a unit out of it. I think he tried to separate, separate defense from attack, and separate. I don't know whether it was young from old or or, or what it was. I don't know. But yeah. that it wouldn't have helped. It wouldn't have helped. And. Yeah, like I said, Carl Dickinson's next training challenge, I would put good money on being rather feisty. Yeah, I, I also think, you know, if that had been a first choice lineup as well, and he'd come out and said that, then maybe you'd be more, you know, you'd be more okay with it if it was, you know, a team of experienced players. But like you said, it is a mishmash of a defence, out of position, youth mixed in, and, you know, you got to have a bit of tact. In my view, yeah, and so it, it sounds it sounds quite hypocritical. It's probably okay to think the things that he said. It's probably <laughs> yeah. okay to have those conversations within the dressing room, yeah, and let them kind of explode in the dressing room. And if a couple of people have to come together and have a bit of a go at one another, I don't mind that. That happens in changing rooms. That happens up and down the land in every changing room in the country. But when you come out and you're trying to present yourself and the team and the unit to supporters, especially supporters who cannot be there, who have who only have those those few outlets each and every week to understand what's going on. We need to be presenting ourselves as a unit and and as a as a team that's trying to come together, especially if the club are still going to go down the line of we want the playoffs. Yeah, well, what do you think about that? <laughs> I I said I said didn't I on the last I said two podcasts ago I wanted four points. Yeah. I then said when we chatted with Dane that I would probably accept three if it was a good win. We've got one. So unfortunately, Ian, you've I think it's over. Won. Yes. Not um... because of not because of maths. Five <laughs> points is perfectly doable. Five points is perfectly doable between where we sit and where Bromley sit. But the team above us, Maidenhead, have six games in hand on us. Yeah. 39 points apiece. We've played 31. Only Altrincham have played 32. Chesterfield, 27. Eastley, 29. Halifax, 28. Uh, Bromley, 29. Notts County, 27. Go up further if you want to go. Let's go to Wrexham, 47 points. Technically, within touching distance, being just eight points ahead of us. If we rule Stockport out of, of, of 50 points, 11 points ahead, and we'll kind of say they're the top four, fine. But those three final positions in the playoffs, not mathematically, not not by a long shot, but there's just too many teams that have got too many games left ahead of us. If we were sat in fifth with the same number of games on the schedule and we were sat on 47 points but had played 31, I don't think anyone would be particularly confident about hanging on to that fifth spot with teams having four and five and six games in hand on us. Is that fair? Yeah. Definitely. So yeah. why then why then are we thinking 
not only can we make up five, six, seven points, but we can also do it whilst all the teams hoping. Us lose. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. for me, unfortunately, after what was a quite frankly miraculous turnaround from the Torquay drubbing for this season, the playoffs are done. Sorry. And you, it sort of felt the man. I, I, the manager's done his press conference today. Uh, I haven't listened to it as of yet, but it sort of felt like in his interview after the match that his whole demeanour it felt like that. You know, he sort of felt the same as we're feeling. It just came across to me that you know it's, it is an uphill, it is an uphill struggle now to really get it done. It is. It is, and. I wonder if Darren Siles' post-match press conference was was because he couldn't invoke Rule 2. He couldn't sleep on it. And I, like you, apologies, listeners, we, we had to shift the schedule for recording, so I haven't listened to the, to, the, to the pre-match for Barnett yet either. If he's come out and he's quite jovial and given it the whole, the lads are buzzing, we're, we're okay, we've got a couple of guys back from injury, we're moving forward, we're excited about Barnet. we're going to give this a go, we're still happy, the lads, we sat down, had a chat, the lads want the playoffs, blah, 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 then actually maybe he had that opportunity to sleep on it and to rest on it and to get someone in and to just get training G'd up again and maybe they're feeling like that. And that's good, that's fine. I want them to go and feel like that. I want them to prove me wrong. Go and make the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, please <on>. do. <laughs> I, I am more than happy to be wrong on this one, guys. <laughs> I do not mind. Um, so again, take the context. A 78th minute worldie, an 86th minute goal that is, oh, it's not great defending. It's really not great defending at all. And the manner of the fact that it felt like a defeat. You said it. You texted me, didn't you? You texted the Glover's Cast WhatsApp group just saying that felt like a loss. It wasn't a loss. Flip it round on its head and we score the 86-minute winner. It's still a point. It's worth exactly the same. Yeah. Um, so I do wonder if it might have been that, that context of how he's felt, of, of just feeling so deflated about the fact that we were 2-0 up. We were so good. Let's not forget that, listeners. For the first hour, 65, 70 minutes, we were good. We were very good. But the context of it, of it ending in a draw and ending how it did, I think that would put most managers in the same sort of mood that Darren Sarr was in after that game. So, again, if he's come out today, and and uh, I, I, am, I assume most Glover's cast listeners will also take in um, pre-match press conferences and he's absolutely buzzing and he can't wait to get going and we want to smash Barnet and all the rest of it, then, then great, then great. But um, it's his job to look forward and his job to keep as many of them motivated as we can because... Even if playoffs aren't a picture, if playoffs aren't an option or playoffs aren't a, an ultimate goal, we've said before, we've got to sell season tickets pretty soon. So we still need to put on a show, really, because we cannot have no season tickets sold for next season. Mm. It's just not a thing. So that's his job. That's his minimum job now is to get the players ready, rearing, going, start prepping for for every single game like he would want to prep because because mathematically there's still a chance and even if that mathematical algorithm fails it's now a little bit longer term in terms of planning that we have to start going through yeah well you know maybe the planning started the show certainly has to go on and it goes on on saturday against barnet managerless barnet now um they've dispensed with three this season um 
obviously listener i have spoken to mem from bees pod you will have already heard that and you know by all accounts he is not optimistic for the rest of the season um you know no relegation has absolutely saved them they yeah. you know, he's they will they will have gone for sure um and have they have they thrown in the towel again listeners i i'm recording this before i've heard <laughs> The part that you've just heard. <laughs> this is all so over they, the place today. So they have, the they have. So have they thrown the towel in? Have they like? Are they just sleepwalking towards the end of the season? Finish twenty second. Go again. Yeah, they've quietly furloughed players. Okay. Um, Loach has been furloughed. He's injured. And, oh really? Yeah, and also the captain. Um, oh wow. Yeah. So they've, you know, they are on cost cutting. Uh, the only well, I think the only reason they wouldn't have totally th- thrown the towel in and done a Dover is because the um, owner is on the National League board. So, oh, I see. Sort of okay, has to be seen to do the right thing, which probably is a bit of an ind- indication as to what um, we will do for the rest of the season, regardless of you know what happens. Yeah, it's um, a fair point. So, yeah, yeah, I, I you know, just the worst season. <laughs> from their perspective and when yeah. you when you look at the results you know three wins um several fours fives i think there's a six against chesterfield as well yeah they've gone through three managers now looking for their fourth you know even even in our threadbare state it feels like well, you know this is a this is a game where you'd be, be confident i think we should be confident i think we should go into it very confident given our form at home um and i'm you know Back to hoping for the best, as many points yeah. on the board as possible. And and they had um, their main defender sent off at the weekend, other uh, midweek. Yeah, against Chesterfield, Ben Richards Everton. Um, their main player has played ninety minutes pretty much since he every match since he signed, apart from very a bit of an injury stint. Um, and yeah, he's in missing, so they're going to have to chop and change at the back. Um, yeah, I I hope now that we I would love us to send a couple of signals now. I would love to love us, and I mean this with the, all the respect in the world to Barnet. But if we could go out and put six past somebody, how much better is everyone going to feel? I still don't think I'm going to come back on the podcast and say, "Oh, maybe the playoffs." Oh, maybe. <laughs> yes, you maybe. will. Yeah, <laughs> I probably will. I, I probably will. Um, a couple of teams but, above us will lose, and you'll be. Uh... <laughs> you'll be uh... There's no new manager bounce for Notts County and Bromley and suddenly we're eyeing them up. Yeah, I know how that feels. Um, <laughs> but if we could, if we could, I mean, we got four against them, didn't we? Back in start of the month? Yeah. <laughs> Back in the same month we're in. Yes, we right. did. It's been a long march. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, let's go, and, let's go and hammer someone. It'll do us the world of good. Yeah. It'll do supporters the world of good. It'll give us plenty of footage to use for packages to sell season tickets <laughs> it's one of those where i just think i think this has come at the right time for us and if barnet have thrown in the towel and I've, i'm just looking at their record now they've got they've got they've had three red cards in in the last five games one against us they uh, had one against bromley and then one against chesterfield so I, a part of me thinks they have properly thrown in the towel um yeah, yeah they definitely have they, i, I so, mean the, 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 the recruitment I think, well, from what Mem said, that the everyone will have heard this other than Ben. Um, the the OE he feels that the owner sort of banked on the season not being completed, 
recruited wow. recruited with a, a low budget. Um, that's the reason the first manager left was because he was not given a budget that was going to compete. They've recruited poorly, and you know, it it really does show. And they yeah. they are very very lucky. I mean, before we played them in the playoffs, they they told a handful of players that they weren't going to be renewing their contract, and then the playoffs came round, and those players refused to play. At which point they've had a makeshift back five and still beat us. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, it certainly sounds like all is not all is not well there. And hopefully we can put them to the sword on Saturday. I feel I feel that's what we need. We need you know if the playoffs are done, which we think you know we both think they are. Some people might not, but we both think they are. We do need to finish the season with a bit of optimism and a bit of nod to the future, I think. And also, we've got to we've got to we've got to try and entice players to this football club. Yeah, because next season, I'm not happy with "Don't go bust, don't go down." No, absolutely not. No, next. <laughs> so, I'm, yeah. I'm not happy with that. This time next season, I'll be fuming at being 14. Yeah. So. Yeah. Let's get this absolutely straight. This club is now putting itself on, putting itself in the shop window to players. I, I noticed that teams in the uh, north and south have started the processes now. I saw Chelmsford City have released a few players, things like that. Things where free agents are going to start popping up. I would be very surprised if we didn't start hearing rumours of bits and pieces of trialists, bits and pieces of people coming in or, or, or players moving around already. Um, so we've got to put the club on the shop window in terms of player recruitment and, you know, the managerial stance. Here's a Darren Sahl team. Here's how a Darren Sahl team plays. I want XYZ player to come in and play this role. I'm hopeful that before the end of the season, it would be really nice to get some of these injured lads back just so they're not heading into preseason completely flat-footed. I think it'd be a really good thing if we could get Josh Staunton on the pitch for a couple of games. If we could get Lee Collins on the pitch for a couple of games, Wilco on the pitch for a couple of games. Do you know what we're think... doing? We're we're doing that thing where we record another podcast within this podcast. Yeah, yeah, we do. Yeah, we are. <laughs> we're talking about the future. Let's let's put a pin in that. We'll put a pin in put, that. Um, put a pin in that because yeah, I think will, we but... could we could probably do a whole you know when there's a oh, mid, we... a midweek yeah. pod when we haven't got a game. Yeah, we can go into that for we sure. We can. There's so, a little tease for you there, listener. We've... Little tease for you there, but yes. So that is that's what we need that Saturday. That's yeah. what we need that Saturday. And do you know what I would really love? I'd love a clean sheet. Yeah, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? That would be really nice because I think it would do the young lads. It would do the hodgepodge defence a world of good. We've had so few. We've had so so few. Even when we've been winning, we've conceded. Um, like even Barnett scored against us, <laughs> didn't they? In that four-one. Yeah. We've had so was it what was it three since I I said it to you the other day? Three clean sheets since we beat Torquay? Yeah. That's not good enough. No. Not good enough. So well, that's Barnett have scored twenty one goals this season. So Jeez. And <laughs> conceded sixty five. Can we just can we just add into context that we lost to them in the playoffs last year? <sighs> yes. And <laughs> we that, can that's that's the direction that both these clubs have gone. But we it are is so so easy to do. Yeah, and and you know we're totally we're a totally different team. They're a totally mm. different team, aren't they? You know, Absolutely, it's amazing. Absolutely. It's amazing what the turnaround has been. Yeah. Um, but let's see how Saturday goes. Uh, hope for the best. And yes, we'll be back on we'll be back on Monday with myself, 
then and we, we coach he served his his suspension now i think do you think that's fair to say <laughs> yeah he has yeah he can come back his yeah. three pod ban he he's yes. he's back in back in with a shout if he wants to he might not want to after listening to this yeah I see. <laughs> hi coatsy uh right thanks for your time my friend thank you very much and thank you again to everyone who's uh, who has voted for us in the non-league bible thingy awards and everyone who will and i'll be honest with you everyone that just keeps saying it's nice that there's a podcast for the oval fans yeah we quite enjoy doing it even when it's even when things are a bit frustrating and we score 97 minute own goals and Yes. throw away 2-0 leads they're yeah. still fun to oh, do so. they're, they're turning back into therapy sessions a little bit aren't they a little bit a little bit a <laughs> little bit Sundays hopefully won't be so yeah. I really appreciate that cool thank you very much my friend thank you cheers listeners talk soon and with a quick turn skipper Alex Dock slams it in there's Lindergaard making Forrest back pedal Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris, expanding by the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott. Goal. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash Upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.